Hello everybody and welcome to another podcast of How I Teach Golf. Today I've got a home gig, I've walked upstairs into the arena of Mr Ian Clark. Ian, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, Dunks. Good to see you. Good so to see you. We don't bump into each other too often, do we? Even though no. we're in the same, same building. That's it, passing ships and uh, both doing our thing upstairs and downstairs here at World of Golf London. So, um, Ian, got some questions to ask you, some things I definitely don't know. I don't know how you got into the game and uh, how you kind of ended up here at World of Golf London. So, your backstory, if you wouldn't mind, sir. I ask myself a lot how I ended up here at the World of Golf London, <laughs> on a daily basis. Uh, let's just off the M25. Found it eventually. Um, <laughs> Like, like so many of us, uh, introduced to the game through my dad. Dad was a golfer, though not very good by his own admission. So I would sort of tag along with him, a bit of caddying, then I'd eventually start playing, uh, join the local club as a junior, that kind of stuff. Just get uh, addicted to it, really. Summer holidays, spent playing golf all the time. Um, How old were you? Probably about 10, 10 or 11, I guess, when I started sort of going with my dad, and then sort of 12, 13, I suppose, and really seriously playing. Um, Any other sports? Yeah, football. Football was the thing. I'm still okay. going to be a footballer. I'm going to play for Liverpool one day. That was always what I was meant to do. You're going to run out at Anfield, eh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they might wheel me out one day. But yeah, that's. I was never meant to be anything to do with golf. I was always going to be a footballer. Um, I realised it wasn't very good. Um, so yeah. where did you grow up? Where was hometown? Home was just outside Liverpool. Uh, okay. Mum and dad are both both Liverpudlians, hence the uh, affinity for the football team. So yeah. that's that's how that sort of brought about. But about the age of twelve, we moved down to Surrey, which is where I started to play. Okay. To play golf, joined Banstead Downs, which was my local club, just five minutes down the road. So that really became second home. Like so many of us, you're at the golf club all the time, playing, practicing, chipping, putting, doing all that great stuff. Um, left school at what 16 immediately became the assistant pro at a local club we now moved over to Suffolk so that was just outside of Bury St Edmunds did all the usual assistant stuff the general dog's body stuff yeah but it was great they were paying me 30 quid a week and I could go and practice and hit golf balls I landed on my feet I thought it was so 30 pounds a week for how many hours in the shop too many even I couldn't keep counting there's <laughs> a lot a lot of respikes and a lot of whipping and Regripping of golf clubs and cleaning shoes and trolleys and it was great fun. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It's, yeah. uh, it's the best sort of apprenticeship, I think. And then you, so you you left there and yeah, I uh, what did you see? I qualified in '94, so I was of the uh, the the, uh, the Burgundy Folder Brigade. Yeah. Those of us of a certain age listening, yeah, I'll know all about that. Um, so you qualified in February 94 and then in May June 94 of that year, I took up the position to go out to Dubai where I uh, spent five years out there coaching and working out in the in the Middle East. Uh, so we know Dubai when? What year? Uh, 94 I went out there. It was just a tiny little village. No one had heard of it. Wow. Yeah, 94 I was out there. The Emirates was open and Dubai Creek was open. Uh, and then the, the Golf and Racing Club, which is a little nine-hole course, had just opened, but nothing like it is now. whole different world when I go back there now. Fantastic. Completely different. So what did you what what did you do? What were you doing? So you went out there and it was a shack or what was the? Uh, no, it was it was uh, it wasn't quite that that bad. But it was it was uh, very different. Anyone who goes out there now wouldn't wouldn't recognise. I went out there last year with a family and didn't didn't hardly recognise it. I may as well have been in a whole different different country than one I know of. Um, so no, we went out there went out there as a golf pro, but it was primarily a teaching position, which I guess is where my sort of affinity for coaching came from because that was. The first time I'd really been a full-time coach in the heat, working with lots of different nationalities, lots of different people, lots of different golfers in the heat. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was just a great experience. What was I? Twenty two at the time, going out. So it was good fun. Yeah, you taught in July and August. Or? Oh yeah, we were out there in the heat. Yeah, I had a few students flake out on me in the middle of the lesson through heat exhaustion, which is always quite. Oh, was, this isn't looking good. <laughs> Let's get some help. And they weren't air conditioned bays then. Then no, you're outside. No, you're outside. It was it was hot. It was really hot. <laughs> still is. <laughs> it still is. Oh, it's so warm. And how many lessons a day would you give, or oh, a week, God, or? Let's see, we would do. There were four of us coaching. We we would do ten each. We'd probably do yeah eight to ten hours coaching. A day. Yeah, a day, five days a week. I don't know. Six days a week. I think I did that. Six days a week. Six days a week. One day off. And then, how long did you do that for? How many years? Uh, I left. Well, I was there for three years in Dubai, and then I went over to Abu Dhabi. One of the guys I was coaching was building his own golf course in Abu Dhabi, a little nine-hole course, which is now called, I think, the Abu Dhabi Golf and Equestrian Club or something similar, inside the racetrack in Abu Dhabi. But okay. it was a chance to be involved in something right from the start. So the day I arrived, it actually wasn't a golf course; it was just a lump of sand. So wow. we spent a bit of time helping the course architect design the course, driving around on little. Oh no! You, you helped bikes. a course architect design the course. Yeah, yeah, it was great fun. He didn't know. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing. So yeah, stick a green there, put that down. But that was great fun to actually be involved in seeing something go from him drawing. I still got them somewhere. Him drawing literally maps of golf courses on on tablecloths, and then actually putting it into into real life, as it were. So it was, yeah, it was quite interesting, but not something I fancy doing too many times again. But again, in the middle of the summer, you're out there and the, the building courses and watching grass grow. So, so we did that for a year. A year that took. I was probably there, and then we got the whole place open. Then we had a golf academy, which I was then running. Okay. So I did that for another year, but it was it was quite weird. As soon as members arrived and they started playing on the course, it kind of ruined it a little bit. It was quite. This was more fun when there was no one here, and it was just me and the course architect going around, and he'd sort of play a hole, and then he change and which is a very different experience so it was quite cool to be able to to uh, to experience that so that must have taken me to 99 i think when i then came back here okay so 99 i ended up at the world of golf at, at sig cup as it was then mm-hmm. um and then early 2000s the position of sort of golf instructor over here at uh, beverly park became available and um, I think they figured out, well, he's come from Dubai back to London, so I'm sure shipping him from Sidcup over to New Mall won't be too much of a problem Shouldn't for be a him. Problem, so no. they dumped me over here, and I've been here ever since. 1st of April 2000 was my first day here, which is quite appropriate. There you go. I turned pro on April the 1st. Did you? So I'd never forget when I turned pro. Yeah, yeah, it's a good date to remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, my first lesson was, uh, yeah, April the 1st, 2000. I've been here since. No one else will have me, so I'm here still. Fantastic. So, uh, obviously, the world of golf... London, as it is now called, we're at uh, we're at the same facility. It's a double, double tier driving range, uh, fifty six bays. We got top tracer in every single bay. Um, I'm part of the team downstairs where we've got five hitting bays um, with plenty of tech, and you're upstairs here at the far end. So, what's in Ian Clark's academy? Uh, most things really that people are going to expect to see like you guys downstairs when someone now comes in for a golf lesson would be on the days where bare minimum requirements a video camera I think you've got to be up to date with the stuff you've got I appreciate it's cost effective but um, as best you can even if you're cost share getting hold of some of this stuff with other pros yeah so what do we use? Obviously we've got the video cameras, I use GASP software, uh, Steve Gould at GASP is great with me, he realises I'm a complete incompetent with videos and cameras and computers, so he helps me out a ton. <laughs> uh, Trackman, obviously Trackman, I'm a big Trackman user. Yeah. 
what else you got? Am I right? Master Trackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that a few years ago, and that, and that's great. That's probably been one of the biggest influences on me as a as a golf coach. Uh, body Track we've got out there, and also K-List. Okay. Yeah. So a few bits and bobs, a few training aids collected over the years. Yes. A few hundred training aids. So uh, yeah, it's just a combination of stuff, sort of that you use and you get on with. I like ease of use with things. That's why I like jumping people on the body track. They're nice and simple. Trackman's running all the time. And do people pay extra to use the tech, or is it all included? No, in I just have one lesson fee. No, it's all part of what I do. Um, a million years ago, we tried to sort of do an upcharge for using technology, but just I, I don't think it works. I think for coaches just increase your lesson rate if you're using technology and include it in there yeah is, is the way I, I don't see how people can do this upcharge to have a lesson on technology i think it should all be part and parcel of it so if someone wants to get a lesson with you how does it how does it work because they don't necessarily walk in off the off the a3 here um but if someone if someone has booked in with you and it's the first lesson what what can they kind of expect what's the process um we're supposed to be hitting with all barrels first. I suppose a bit differently maybe from some of the other guys down south. I don't see many new golfers. So I tend to work with a lot of, I don't mean it disparagingly, lost causes. The guy comes in, I've got half an hour to fix it, otherwise the clubs are going in the lake type yeah. of scenario. Yeah. You'll know where I'm going with that. Um, so really to start with, we'll get the guy in. I like them hitting balls fairly early on. I sort of interview them while they're hitting balls. I don't like the guys standing around for too long. No. Um, the usual interview questions, I like to know what his ball's doing. I like to know what he'd like it to do. What's it doing that he doesn't like? Um, maybe better players. We'd ask him if he's stuck him behind a tree, which way would he rather move it around the tree? So it gives me a bit of an idea if he sees it from right to left or left to right. Uh, short-term goal, long-term goal, so then that helps me start planning in my head a little bit, programs going forward and a learning program for him. Um, you know, favourite clubs, I have a quick look at his equipment, see what sort of stuff he's got in there, if it's helping or hindering. Um, if they've got any stats of the rounds, I like to try and sort of see some of that, if they're a bit of a game golf user or Arcos, that kind of thing, just to yeah. give me a bit of an idea. But by and large, we just get them on there and see see what they're doing, what they know, if they've used video before, what they tend to see, what they feel their swing tendencies are. Uh, on TrackMan, if they know what their numbers are, when they're hitting it good, hitting it bad, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just try and get, get them in there hitting balls fairly early on. Yeah. One of the, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've not just found through the podcast, but talking to other coaches, is that um, I found that a lot of people's kind of a myth or a misconception of theirs is that people would deliberately book in with you purely because you're a track man master and you have a track man. Do you find that the case or was that the case or um, or is it something completely different? Uh, no, I mean, I, like you do stuff for the golf magazines and whatever else, I'm not sure the percentage of people I coach come through those avenues. Have I had a few people turn up because I'm a trackman coach? Maybe years ago, yeah, because I was an early adopter, remember, of trackman, because yeah. Carsten Hallis, who used to own the driving range, was involved in trackman right from the very get-go. Okay. I'm not sure if Carsten's still involved now, but certainly from the very beginning, uh, he was heavily involved with trackman, so I remember sort of trackman one, as it were. Yeah. So we, we were shown that right from the very beginning. Uh, maybe one or two people over time have come in, 
again when we first had it i suppose now it's more available more people have it yeah. more club pros are using it so more members of golf clubs are being uh, exposed to it than maybe were before mm -hmm. uh, it's just really for me trap is just a teaching tool much like a swing guide is yeah much like an impact bag is it's just something that we use i like I, honestly i think i use trap more for me to verify what i'm doing so that if i'm getting the a student to do something and the numbers suddenly start getting worse and it might be a good idea to stop doing what I'm doing yeah uh, so I use it a lot as a measuring tool for that I always feel it's looking at me more than it's looking at the student um, which I suppose helps me diagnose maybe a bit quicker yeah um, certain numbers I look at more than others uh -huh. I think too many guys maybe get a bit engrossed in the numbers but I've taken flack on that before yeah you know, at least Can I ask what those numbers are? Which your ones? Are? Yeah, I look at swing direction a lot, factoring the attack angle, obviously, to give me the path. So yeah. I'm always looking at the face to path ratio. Better players, we use spin loft a lot, which is obviously a measure of compression for players. Yeah. Um, any wedge stuff, I'm always looking at the dynamic loft, which is something that James Ridgard has helped me with. Yeah. Um, just looking at how good a, they are at delivering a, a consistent loft each time to the yeah. shot. Um, smash factor obviously and, and the optimizer I think the optimizer feature on Trackman is brilliant yeah uh, and coupled now of course with the new uh, impact location mm -hmm. which has been a real money saver for me it starts me having to buy 10 cans of foot spray a week yeah um, but that's amazing when people start seeing where the ball comes off the club face that's yeah. that's fascinating for people to see so no it's it's sort of modifying it against what the student needs, what the student wants it to do, but I, I certainly don't have all the numbers up on the screen at the time. I've got the two screens, as you know, on the wall. So, yeah. in fact, with some students, I'll turn it off so they can't even see the thing. Yeah, because they're getting obsessed. Yeah, with yeah, they yeah, get, yeah, definitely. They get obsessed with a certain yeah. number. Yeah, correct. What's that one? What's yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And the yeah. ball's 20 foot left of the hole, which actually isn't too bad, but yeah. they're freaking out because it's a hell of So, there's always a dose of reality is needed every now and again, for sure. Yeah. So, you found out the wants and needs of the of the player during your interview process and yeah. hitting balls and and that sort of stuff and then where do you where do you tend to go from there so you're getting into the lesson you'll use appropriate drills training aids whether you then go on to body track or or whatever um kind of end of the lesson what 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 do they what what do you expect to give them yeah um i suppose the idea is i'll, I'll always ask them during the lesson what we're doing I like them to sort of explain back to me what it is we've talked about what it is they feel they're trying to change I try and make sure every student gets one drill mm -hmm. at least that they can go and do and also I'll show them one what I call a practice station that they can set up themselves on the driving range yeah so I try and make sure everyone leaves with at least one drill and one one practice station that always goes on the video that I send to everyone at the end of the lesson. So we always do a lesson review, which is then emailed across to the student at the end. It's a lovely way to sort of end the lesson, if you like. Um, and again, asking them lots of questions. I suppose I, I think too often the, the teacher does too much talking in lessons, but I think being quiet is okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're not being paid for the amount of words you say in an hour. It's uh, it's more what you say than how much you say. So I, I like. The student to do more talking than anything and you're checking for understanding yeah 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 definitely all the time you know you're okay with that you're okay with what we're doing talk to me again tell me tell me what you feel we've done today is a good question um, and get them to try and explain it back to you at the end of the session yeah something will amaze you sometimes what what comes back and that's a great time to step in so well actually 
you know, this, this, and this is what we were trying to do. Show them again back on the video. Lots of swing comparison stuff, stuff with themselves before and after. I don't use the tour player models too often. Uh -huh. uh, if I'm trying to show a particular point, I would do, but rarely I like to make sure. First lesson, I always get the first lesson, the first swing of the lesson. Yep. And then that's always saved on their file. I think that's always important, especially someone who's doing a learning program because I think the comparative stuff is quite powerful and it's sort of three or four lessons down the road where maybe the improvement isn't isn't going as quick as they feel it should be, I think you can always pull up the old one and show, well actually you've done brilliantly. Yeah. In a short space of time you've changed X, you've changed Y, you've changed Z, look how different it looks to today. Um, so yeah, get lots of, uh, lots of sort of return stuff based on the videos that we send to people at the end have then been passed on to a friend of theirs and they quite liked it. So I do yeah. get a lot of people contacting me saying, oh, I'd like to get involved with that. But again, in this day and age, I can't believe someone leaves a lesson and they don't get a video of the lesson sent to them yeah. by email. That's right. Everyone's attached to their phone or their iPad. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just lots of questions, I suppose. Cool. And then you're, so obviously you've been here for 18 years or whatever mm -hmm. it is now. and. Uh, so you've, you've gone through the lesson and bits and pieces, so how, but your influence is in, so a kind of going back again, Yeah. Um, you've come back from, or when you're out in Dubai and then Abu Dhabi and then, so who were your kind of influences there, who were you reading or going to see at seminars, because I know we met at the Teaching and Coaching Summit yeah. out in Port St. Lucie, I think it was in 2002 when you turned around and said that accent's a long way from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you did stick out a bit and surrounded by 200 American instructors. <laughs> well, um, whatever, whatever gave you that yeah, impression. It wasn't tricky. <laughs> Six foot three, 16 stone guy asking questions with a London accent. Yeah, whatever gave you that impression. Um, so who, who, because I, I know when the light bulb kind of went on for you. Yeah. Um, but again taking us back a little bit your influences now i'm sitting i'm sitting in a load of books by the way people it's, <laughs> i'm sitting there looking as though it's well it looks like my bedroom at home with all the books uh the golf manuals the different uh the different systems um you know i know that ian reads a lot of books with regards to keeping himself updated with new techniques and technologies which is which is awesome to see but have you got some main strong influences on the way that you teach or, or yeah or? for sure i'm sure everyone does and you you get influenced a lot by people that you've been fortunate enough to meet um i suppose from a from a golf professional point of view the two guys who are my first two bosses stuart wright and sean clark sean's now the, the secretary at woodbridge golf club in suffolk uh -huh. um just about how to conduct yourself as it were and this is a job and it's all quite serious and you've got members coming in and so that was a big big learning certainly when you're straight out of school and realizing what running a business entails uh, from a teaching side uh, oh crikey far too many to mention lot lots of obviously golf and machine influence i first picked up a copy of the golf and machine when i was out in dubai again a million years ago i knew nothing about it knew nothing about it and then when i came back to england Obviously now we're able to get on the internet and start sourcing some stuff. Um, so crikey, Martin Hall obviously is probably the biggest influence on me. Mm -hmm. uh, spent time with him as you have. Yeah. Um, again, if you're a golf instructor, make sure you resource some some stuff that Martin Hall does. He's he's just amazing. Not just as a coach, but again as a communicator and and looking after his students. 
Uh, Mike Bender is another one. Um, very fortunate to spend three days with Mac O'Grady. That was amazing. What an incredible, incredible instructor he is. Oh, crikey. Um, I'm gonna miss a few out. Chuck Cook is another one. Um, you know, there's a few to get going. That's good. Uh, fortunate enough to meet Ben Doyle, who's since passed yeah. away. I suppose more um, more modern day guys. Brian Manzella is a name people would recognise. Uh, I had a I'm not sure of an influence, but uh, I had an hour conversation with Sean Foley at the Golf Magazine uh, Summit a few years ago, and he he was came across as such a good fella, such a uh, so willing to pass on their time and their knowledge. I think that's the thing with all of these guys is don't be afraid to contact them because a lot of the time they're more than happy to you'll know that yeah to pass on what they know um i don't know anyone. yeah yeah too many I mean, it's a great list too I many mean, it's a great list yeah many, and many as you said guys. you know we're you know as you know very fortunate for me with you know jim and yeah and, and john jacobs and bits and pieces and those guys are so gracious with the amount of information and knowledge that they pass on to us yeah. because it was passed on to them as well so they've taken what was passed on to them yeah. grown and extended that and then given it to us and they look to us to to do what yeah. you do things like you do like you said you, you're continually learning you're continually improving um, and at some point which I've done with you you know we, 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 we educate or try and help some other some other golf professionals coaches so that hopefully they get better by learning well definitely from the mistakes that i've made which yeah. is a quite a long list um and so hopefully when we're old and gray that they will turn around and say <laughs> they helped us out a bit and they can take it on from there so no, you're right it's more a case of i think martin said something along the lines of uh, experience is a name that i give to my mistakes yeah may have misquoted it but something along those lines of the fact well I've messed up so many times you want to pass it on to someone else to save them the aggravation of messing up as many times so you know I used to do that and it didn't work this is what I do now maybe try doing it that way and you, you are you're just trying to pass on it's more pass on your failings to them mm. so I tried this it was a, just a car wreck try not to do that do it a different way right. something along those lines more, yeah you're right it's just passing on stuff that you know so that they can get to the good stuff sooner if you like is probably a way of, of looking at it and it's great when you get the guys we did one in December didn't we we had yeah. a few guys come down and it's great just to pass on this information hey look nothing's new is it has it really changed you're still trying to whack a golf ball into a hole yeah um, you know it, it is just passing on that information and making sure the guys who are coming up the younger guys we have a couple here don't we who are, who are getting into their coaching and what have you you know just trying to help them along really and pass yeah. on that information that we were lucky to get from Guys like Martin, John, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and just make sure it keeps it keeps going. Cool. Do you do you play much now? No, I wish I did. No, I play a little bit, but not very often. I'm a member of a golf society, which is actually my local pub. Yeah. I'm not even the best player in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to play. I still like to get out and play. Uh, yeah. That's why we all do what we do. Yeah. Uh, I don't get a tremendous amount of time to to play. I keep saying one day I will. I, I get, I don't know. I get more through watching some students hit golf balls, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Given the opportunity, I get out there nine holes and a and a cold one afterwards. Love doing that. Yeah. Nothing serious. No tournaments. Practice. I hit six balls yesterday on Kvas just to try and get some numbers on my Kvas. Yeah, okay. which was quite entertaining. Excellent. Yeah, I think I crashed the Kvas. <laughs> he didn't get the numbers you wanted then. 
<laughs> my students always tell me it doesn't work. Now I realise they're right. <laughs> so, if you do get to play, if yeah. you could get a chance to play one golf course for evermore, I'm going to take all the others away. Okay. What would it be? Where would it be? Because I know you've played some good ones. Well, I, don't know. I suppose everyone says Augusta, and I went. I went to the tournament in 2011 with my dad, which was great fun, and we walked around the course. So I would say I'm going to go with something quite off the cuff. Let's say. Let's say, let's say, let's say Banstead Downs. Of course, I first played as a junior. Just loved it. Just, just love it. Yeah, just to go and play it and think of all the stupid shots and all the stupid things you've done on the golf course. And yeah. Yeah, just go sort of back to when you're at an age of get up there, smash it, go and find it. When was the last time you played it? You know what, a long time ago. I've got, got my brain going now. Long time ago. Yeah, I must do that. No, so I'll say Banstead Downs, where I played as a youngster and... If you like, you, you learn, learn the game, but yeah, that's where I sort of started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same for me a few, not so long ago, I went back to Strawberry Hill Golf Club, yeah. little nine hole golf course next to the range, went through the gates in my car, obviously that yeah, was never yeah. happening. Yeah, it was did on your bike. Yeah, so <laughs> went through went through the gates in my car and you just suddenly remember yeah. all, all the shots, all the things you used to get up to and bits and pieces. Yeah, and just, I think that would be cool to do. Yeah, it's good fun, it's good fun. But if anyone listening knows how to get onto Augusta, obviously I'm not a miss to... Yeah, Banstead Downs and Augusta. Yeah, there, there you go. go. There's, a, there's a couple for you. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to take all your. I'm taking your track man away, your body track, your cameras, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm unplugging the lot. You've got a hundred pounds in. Yeah. Uh, how are you going to improve golfers? I've spent a fiver, by the way, because there's cans of foot spray, two yards from me that I can purchase. Yeah. So there's I a mean, fiver gone. What, what did Arnold Palmer say? Answers that, and a razor, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Look, any any of my students would tell you strike is king. I mean, what what the ball and the club are doing at contact. I, I think anything you can do that's going to help improve strike, that they can get better at. Even simple things like a bag of teas and just make a gate drill. Yeah. Get them working on strike. Get the contact better. I, I think that's where the the addiction to the game comes from. Is that that feel of the ball off the club face? Yeah. Um, so the gate drill, just to be clear, we're just going to get a couple of tees, put it outside and inside yeah, the club, perfect. and try and swing the swing the club exactly. between there. Perfect. Do it with the ball without wiping out the two tees. Yeah. Something like that, and then with the remaining ninety-five pounds, don't know, buy a nice shirt or something. Buy a nice shirt. There you go. <laughs> foot spray. Foot spray is great, isn't it, for working on strike? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think anything revolving around around some impact stuff. Yeah. Definitely. So what about uh, ball then ground contact with the irons? Yeah, get some spray on the ground, get a yeah. line on the ground and just nothing more than trying to just hit the ground somewhere in front of the line. Go and get in the bunker, draw a line in the bunker and just practice controlling low point a little bit. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and Anything like that I think is going to help the strike which then obviously keeps the face more stable, the shot starts to straighten out a little bit and then they're off and running. Great. Um, prediction for the year, golf prediction for the year. Golf prediction for the year. Tommy Fleetwood wins a major. Tommy Fleetwood to win a major. There you go. Very good. Uh, prediction for the Ryder Cup? Is it my money I'm putting on it or someone else's? Yours, uh, yours. Um, I think we'll win. I think we'll win. That's a European victory. A European victory. I haven't had a European turn around and say US to win. Yeah, yeah I don't think you can. I think that's but, heart and head. Yeah, European yeah. victory. Definitely. European victory. Definitely. Okay. Um, and the GB and I winning the Curtis Cup. I've got to say that. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that, I, that's going to be great. Though. What's that? Three weeks away. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, it's June the eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
that'd be good and then uh, myths and misconceptions why why don't you think more people take golf lessons so you say that it's interesting so up on my laptop which no one can see I've got an email from a guy who said who had a lesson yesterday and I just followed up with him and asked him how he got on and did he get the video and whatever else and the first line said I've had some reservations with lessons before but it was well worth it so I wonder what those reservations were. This yeah. is a guy who was a, what was he, Dave? was a 24 handicap, you know, standard guy that we see, big yeah. cutter of the golf ball. Um, I think sometimes the, real, the, the expectation can be a bit unrealistic on the student's part. I think they put golf instructors, I think they give us too much credit, the fact that we can fix 20 years of misery in an hour. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I wonder if that's a bit of it and the, the coach has probably done his job brilliantly but the student doesn't feel he's as good as he should be 60 minutes later mm -hmm. so sometime, somewhere along the line I think the coach needs to just put a dose of reality on it and explain there's, there's a, a little bit of undoing to be done there um, I think certainly coaches can sometimes maybe this is something I see with, with newer younger coaches to, to make themselves look good to the student which I understand and I know we've all done this use as many words as you can and as many big words as you can in a short space so that the student really is aware of you know you really know your stuff type yeah. of scenario um, I can't use a word in a lesson that I can't spell so that's my rule um, so I struggle with deviation and ulna <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my hand think, does this and yeah, this. Exactly. But I think that's good for the obviously the instructor needs to know. I'm not sure the student needs to know. I think that's that's maybe part of it. I think sometimes we just bamboozle people a little bit and we want to give them everything we've got, whereas sometimes they just want a little bit. Yeah. And that little bit to the student is, is a million miles better than what they were doing when they started. Yeah. So yeah, I think okay. it's I think it's difficult to take Robbie to Rory. Yeah. in an hour yeah, no and question. they want to go from Robbie to yeah, Rory yeah, some, some of the time yeah correct um, and I That's also a find point. a lot of the people want um, that I hear recently a lot more recently um, is that they think they don't, they don't want to be completely broken down and rebuilt Yes, that's scary for people. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I want, I want to get better, but I don't want to change anything. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is going to be kind of tricky, but yeah. we're going to do something here. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's important to find out to start with. That's something the coach needs to find out from the student in the beginning. Or why are you here? Are you looking for, is it, are we in this for the long term? Are we looking at long-term improvement? Or do you just want to simply yeah. not make 10 on the first hole this afternoon when you go and tee it up? So the student needs to find that out. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think you hear a, a lot of that. Yeah, you can you can fix me, but don't change a thing. Yeah. Okay, that's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. I need a six pack, but I'm not gonna do a sit up type of scenario. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no magic pill. No magic pill. I found it yet. We, we keep trying. We'd have found it if there was one. I think between us, the number of students we've seen, we'd have found it. If there's a magic bullet out there, we'd have found it by now, don't you think? Well, if we haven't found it on the lesson tee, we keep looking through books and yeah, online. And it's we, going out there, We're so. still struggling to find it. But it's if I do, I'll let you know where yeah, it is. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Ian, so um, you're obviously here at World of Golf London. Mm. Uh, social media, that type of thing. Yeah. Where can people um, find you? IanClarkGolf.co.uk is the website. Twitter handle is IanClarkGolf. Instagram is Ian Clark Golf. It's is a pattern, it? isn't it? Okay, yeah, it seems yeah. like marketing guys are very good. Um, <laughs> I, I do some stuff on Twitter. Instagram, I can't get my head around. It's too difficult for me. Um, okay. Yeah, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, it's just ian at ianclarkgolf.co.uk and uh, send some stuff through and we can 
we can help any coaches anyone wants to come and shadow me giving any lessons not a problem we do that a lot so more than welcome for people to come along and yep. sit in for a day or half a day and, and see what we get up to yeah they know they can go upstairs and downstairs absolutely yeah come and spend the day here and we can uh, we can look after them yeah no problem excellent now the last one is you get to ask question of the day so I golf related question. you get to ask question of the day I get to ask it's so that uh, the listeners will hopefully give us some feedback uh, some comments um, so we can just try and get a bit of conversation going yeah. between us and the uh, so and the a listeners. technique question or whatever you want what's wrong with Rory Ooh. how's that for a question what's wrong, what's wrong with, Rory? with Rory someone asked me that this morning so I'm going with that one what's wrong with that Rory he said to me okay I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb as well, because I've seen a couple of swings from, from Wentworth yeah. this week. Looking very good. Definitely. Obviously, the ball's got to get in the hole, yeah. and I haven't seen him hitting any putts with the flat stick. So, for sure. But uh, swing-wise, looking Doesn't look a excellent. lot wrong to me, that's no, for sure. Looking excellent. I wouldn't so, put him past him winning this week. No, definitely not. So if uh, if he does win this week, Nothing would be my response. Nothing at all. That's it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him a few weeks ago when he won in the States. But that was an awesome display that, at yeah. nine at Bay Hill. Absolutely. That was just phenomenal. So, cool. Ian, thanks ever so much. Pleasure. I always enjoy uh, when we do get a chance to sit down and chew some fat. Yeah. Um, hopefully some people will come back, uh, comment on, on this podcast and the other ones that, uh, that I've done. Um, just... Uh, you know, we just want to try and get some conversation going. If you like what you've heard here, obviously you can find Ian here at World of Golf London or myself here at World of Golf London. Um, we'd like to hear your comments. If you like it, share it. Um, comment on iTunes or all the other stations that you other platforms that you can find this podcast on. I've been Duncan Walger. Uh, I've been with Ian Clark for How I Teach Golf, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Take care.